This is Pave It Black. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pave It Black, the official podcast of the National Asphalt Pavement Association. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. Today, we're here to talk about computers and programs. If I think about over my lifetime where computers and programs have gone, they've gone from these green and black based systems where you can play a ladder and everything is in sticks and lines to these 3D based virtual reality systems today. And how does this impact our industry, specifically looking at paving and construction? When we look at our everyday processes, whether it be at an asphalt production facility or out on the paving operation, are there opportunities to make those jobs or different uh, work items that we're doing more efficient? And is there software available that could help our companies in being more efficient? So to help us answer some of these questions, We've brought in Katie Peabody from Lakeside Industries. Welcome to the podcast, Katie. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Lakeside? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. We are a family-owned asphalt paving company in the Pacific Northwest. We are primarily in Western Washington and Northern Oregon. And my current role at the company is um, just kind of what you're talking about. I, I look at current processes and try to find a t- technology that will help streamline any of those processes. So over my career, I've been with the company about 20 years and have done everything, data entry from payroll and material tickets and AR and job billings and project management, um, all the way up through uh, the current role, which really identifies what we are currently doing and working with our operation side in our field and, and trying to streamline anything and everything that they're doing. So I work a lot with our foreman and superintendents, project managers, and try to be the in-between them and field an office and make sure that what they need, they're getting, and then what the office needs, they're getting as well. So how long has Lakeside really been focused on harnessing these newer technologies um, to advance their business operations? And then you mentioned your um, newer position. Is is it a newer position with Lakeside that uh, was recently developed, or is this something that's kind of been a priority for the business and been part of their operations? Was this recently added? Um, I feel that it's always been a business priority of Lakeside to embrace change in order to evolve and stay relevant, and we recognize how technology can assist in that, and that really has always been a focus. In the last 10 years or so, it really has taken off in the implementation of programs like our estimating software, field reporting applications, e-ticketing, electric logging for our drivers, and even down to our equipment. Everything is definitely evolving as an organization. We realize the importance of these technologies in order to continue to thrive in the industry. Even though it isn't always easy to adopt and utilize technology, if we don't start embracing the tools available to us, available to us across all the technology platforms, there could really be missed opportunities to grow as a business and to stay relevant within the, within the industry. So you mentioned that there's numerous technologies out there, and whether it's a, a, an app or a software platform, ultimately, when you're evaluating whether or not Lakeside wants to use this before, it has to meet some kind of a goal. So as you're evaluating new technologies and these new opportunities for advancement, Really, what are those, those drivers or the goals that 
Um, your company has set forth to help you understand, yes, this is something I want to adopt, or maybe this is something that we got to put pause on for a little bit um, before it really becomes relevant for our company. Um, I think that the best way to answer that is at Lakeside, we really have a focus on how everything impacts our end users, because at the end of the day, having the buy-in of our foreman or, you know, for you ticketing inspectors or, or whoever, really having the buy-in of how it impacts the end user is what our main goal is. And so I think we always strive to, to streamline processes, but if that negatively impacts the end user, there's never going to be that buy-in or full um, utilization of the tool rather than it coming from you know, upper management saying that you're gonna utilize this tool, we really engage all of our users. So we kind of, we'll take a step, we'll look at a process, we bring in a group or a committee that kind of represents all different parts of the organization. So for example, with our field reporting technology, you know, we pulled in a group of superintendents and project managers and foremen and, and really said, okay, here's some different applications that we want to utilize to take all this data you're collecting on a daily basis and streamline it. Is this going to work for you? Obviously, it would be ignorant to say that everyone loves every piece of technology, but I think we really strive to hear out our people and get their buy-in on the front end because ultimately we want it to make their life easier and a little bit better. And if we don't get their buy-in at the very beginning, that's, you know, any value that the technology could bring is going to be lost. One of the challenges with really not just our industry, but any industry right now is there's four different generations in the workplace right now. And I remember when I was going through grad school and you would think as the universe, universities would be a place where people are just clamoring for technology and change. Uh, my major professor did not have a computer in his office. He wrote everything out by hand and then his administrative assistant wrote, typed his reports for him just because he was kind of anti-computer. As you look at these different technologies, how do you get different generations who have different technological inclinations to embrace some of these changes or has it been a challenge that you've seen? Um, I'd say, yeah, it's been a challenge, but I think that one thing that we definitely recognize, you know, is that we have such a, a broad range of, I'm going to just use the field reporting foreman, for example, and rather than saying, okay, this, this technology is going to come in and it's going to fix all of our problems and we're going to make all this stuff mandatory, we really say, okay, we want to collect what you're currently turning in. If you want to collect more, great. But when you initially implement it, it's like, we're going to just do what you do now. And then once they get comfortable with that application, they might start utilizing it for other things. So we really came with it as an approach to be like, this tool is not going to make you do more. Like, sure, it can do a whole bunch of other things, but we really just want to focus on what you're currently doing, making that a little bit easier and helping that process. You know, I think that that's a way to make it more attainable for that, for the foreman that maybe not comfortable with having an iPad or, or things like that. You know, we don't require everyone to put pictures on their daily reports. They can, some of them do 15 photos, some of them do none. And we really let, you know, let the foreman kind of see how they adopt and adapt to those technologies prior to us pushing it down and saying, you know, you must do this. I think another part of that that we really realized was a huge benefit is our team from the support standpoint worked with our foreman 
the first day of implementation, it was like we did your pre-shift, post-shift, and we were there with them on site. And I mean, I still look at things every single day as far as what they do and, you know, might just shoot them a text and say, hey, did that work? What's going on? And I think that constant follow through and kind of hand holding in a way lets them become more comfortable because they always know they have a person to fall back on. You're absolutely right. It's that it's not just a, hey, we've got this idea and we're going to do it. There's an implementation process and it's really that team effort and you have to follow up and be getting that. You've got to have that feedback loop and that mechanism in place where if they have an issue, they can talk to you about it and you work on resolving these things together and meeting them where they are so that they don't feel like I'm now out here way out on this limb that I'm very uncomfortable with, but I've got a company who's willing to work with me at my level to help me, but also to help the company. We're kind of in this together. So I think that that's a phenomenal approach and a great piece of information for people listening. Yeah. And I think kind of to Brett's point about it, you know, being a current position or not that directly, I don't think that a lot of companies have that kind of middleman person that, you know, not that I speak for me because I've never worked in the field, but they can come to me and dump on me and I can kind of work with them and, and see if there's a better solution. And like I think I said earlier, not everyone loves every piece of technology and we're never going to get everyone to love everything. But I think that keeping that in mind throughout the process and trying to get everyone to feel more comfortable and, and see that this can give something back to them, I think is huge. I think, you know, we have certain people that are like, this is great. I don't spend an hour on paperwork every night. And some of them still does and it will. And we know that, but ultimately the goal is to try to get people to be able to go home at the end of the day and disconnect and not be doing paperwork while they're sitting at the dinner table. And I think that, you know, that's a, that's a focus of, of like said, just in general, trying to make people's lives a little bit better. Yes. I think you shared some really good information about the process of implementing some of these technologies and um, some of the focus around project management. Would you be able to maybe share um, how some of these technologies have helped the company be more efficient or what benefits some of these technologies have brought to your operations? Absolutely. I think that in general, any of the technologies really allow better visibility for where everything's at. You know, it, it allows you to see, to plan better for asset allocation. So looking at, you know, where your people are, where your gear is going to need to be, and also, you know, where you're going to need to pull mix out of what plant, you know, we have multiple locations that we might pull out of different plants for different jobs. And I think all these technologies really give management that 10,000 foot view of where everything is. So you can kind of plan a little bit better. A piece of that puzzle that's missing is that personal touch. And what I mean is we're in a way taking away that ability for your crew members to show up at the office every morning and have a cup of coffee and chat. And you know, while technology, in theory, streamlines all that communication, it also takes out a piece of communication, and it so much can get lost in that text or that email, and that's a huge part of why I feel that we're successful, like that, is we chat with our people, we have those conversations, and all, you know, yeah, you could still come in and, and see it up on a, a screen, and it's break room or something like that, but having those communications with your with your crew, and the one guy on the crew that, you know, might be a single dad and he needs to know what the schedule might be. And it's always an evolving schedule. And we know that in our industry, but he needs to be able to show up and see what's going to happen in the next two weeks and be able to provide childcare. But 
if that's all taken away and is all electronic, there's a missing gap there. And I think that that's a hard thing to replace with technology is, is the personal touch. So while I think on a management level, it really helps visibility and helps you more efficiently schedule and plan out the work, I think that it also kind of hinders that ability to keep your people in mind while you're doing those things. I know that kind of went against your question on why it makes it efficient, but it's a struggle point for us is that it miss, we, miss a, we miss something with the technology that we don't know how to fill that void. I think communication in general is just something a lot of people in our industry struggle with. When I was going through my programs for engineering, you took like a professional speaking or public speaking class, but beyond that, there was no real focus on, well, how do you communicate professionally? How do you communicate personally? It's just, it's something that I think the past year has really amped up and made us realize that it it is something that we can't take for granted. Uh, One of the things that our our current chairman constantly reminds the staff and our members, hey, we've got five senses. And yeah, it's nice that we can see people. It's nice that we can hear them. But there's still something that's missing with that personal interaction. And over Zoom, it's sometimes even harder to express that empathy that sometimes your workers need that, hey, I understand what you're going through and I'm here for you. There's steps that technology is still missing that the human interaction has. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. And so kind of thinking about those gaps in technology, when you're specifically looking at technologies for Lakeside, and I know a lot of effort's been put into things like project management softwares, um, and a lot of different companies have developed these in the last few years, but What's the biggest need outside of just that human interaction that project management companies could focus on right now? What are they missing that could maybe make them even better or make them more streamlined or user-friendly for asphalt production companies? I kind of have two different pieces on that. I think one that we've kind of struggled with is that, you know, even within our organization, all of our divisions kind of do something a little bit different. Some of them are more highly focused on outside sale production versus selling to ourselves or our own projects. It's never going to be one size fits all. And I think that the tech companies do a good job at creating a product that can be flexible and bendable to your business, but that's a struggle, you know, and I don't know, I don't have a tech background and I couldn't even begin to explain how that would work, but I think that that's a challenge for them is you know, to look at all these different organizations, provide a product that can be beneficial to everyone, but yet still flexible to meet their needs. We, I think, have been pretty lucky with that, but I think that that's a, an ongoing challenge that the tech companies need to focus on is, is having a product that can bend and flex to meet the needs of different sorts of industry or different sorts of businesses throughout the industry. The other part to that that, you know, at, at Lakeside that we're kind of dealing with currently is like one stop shop for our truck drivers, for example. There's all sorts of different technologies from ELD and time tracking and and plant systems, you know, that pull all this information to really make the day of a driver. And that's kind of the way that we approach it is like, how can we streamline all these things that our truck drivers do in a day? And trucking is just a hard one. I mean, our trucks are really part of our crews. And so, you know, they're not third-party haulers, even though sometimes we do. And trying to find how we can make a 
application or a technology work to meet the needs of our drivers and our uh, how they fit into our daily schedule has been a challenge. You know, I know a lot of the companies say they have these open APIs and everyone can talk to each other and everybody plays nice. And but <laughs> reality is making that happen is very challenging. And that's kind of our next thing is how do we, you know, we've really looked at our plant crews and our paving crews and trying to find technologies to help them better their processes. And now, you know, we need to do the same for our drivers and how that's going to look. I'm not sure yet. How did you end up in the construction industry? Was this something that you were like, yeah, I want to go work for a company that makes asphalt for a living or, or was it just an opportunity that kind of grew in and of itself? Um, well, I think like a fair amount of people in this industry, uh, it was definitely in my blood. So my dad worked at Lakeside and um, I started when I was 14, 15, working at the office, answering phones, cleaning the office counting trucks coming out of our pit I mean just you know the bare bones and he's like well if you're going to do this you got to flag and he made me flag for a summer and that was definitely not like I was out on the west end of Washington on this job for the summer and it was it was dirty work and I learned so much that summer and such a huge appreciation for the business and you know it is in my blood I, I couldn't tell you how many job sites I went to as a kid and you just get this huge appreciation for the industry and the infrastructure around you. And that just pulled me in. Our business and our industry has provided a life for me for 35 years. How can I give something back to them? Because ultimately my entire life has came up because of the asphalt industry. As corny as that sounds, it's so true. And I love to be able to give something back. I love to be able to talk to our foreman and go out on the jobs and go to the plants and you know, it's just one of those things that it's just ingrained in you. And I love it. No, I'm really glad I asked the question. It's awesome. It's, you know, and what's cool at Lakeside is that I mean, we are a family owned business and it is, it is a family. Everyone at Lakeside is a family and it's a pretty special thing to be part of. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today and sharing your perspective about technology and some of the efforts that you're working on um, with Lakeside and, with your crews and just appreciate your time and all the perspective and things to think about that you gave us today. Thank you, Katie. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much. I think we've got some really good um, pieces of information in this. And I think, I think it's a good story. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Katie. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. Have thank you day. so much for your time. Bye-bye. Bye. So I think, one of my major takeaways with, from this conversation today was really, if you're going to implement technology, it's going to take a team. And it is not going to be a one and done type process. It's going to be something that's cyclical and it's going to be iterative and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to have to continue to get feedback from the people who are ultimately using it. But I think one thing that she talked about at the beginning was it wasn't something that they wanted to ever feel like someone was, they were forcing upon them. It was, we start at the beginning and try to get buy-in before implementation happens so people can understand what they're doing and then feel more a part of that process instead of a, this is happening to me, it's happening with me. Um, and I think that 
for employee satisfaction and for, for actually ultimate success in, in implementation, I think that that's a really important thing that people need to take away. Yeah, I agree. I think the other small piece that I kind of grasped onto was just how um, technology can take some of that personal touch out of our communications. And um, I think it's really important that when we are looking at technologies that we don't forget that some of the, some of those things should, probably shouldn't go by the wayside. They're really important. While these technologies offer a lot of opportunities for advancement or more efficient communications, there's also that piece that we have to hang on to. We just want to thank everyone again for being here with us today. My name is Richard Willis. And I'm Brett Williams. We just want you to remember, as you're driving around America's highways, someone from our industry paved it black. Pave It Black is produced by Monica Dutcher of the National Asphalt Pavement Association with podcast theme music credits to Colleek. You can find Pave It Black on most of your favorite platforms, including SoundCloud and iTunes. If you would like to suggest someone for us to interview, please email Richard Willis at rwillis at asphaltpavement.org. That's R-W-I-L-L-I-S at asphaltpavement.org. Until next time, Keep paving it black.